listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Pot Green. All right, you sound strong this week. It's a good thing. Yeah, you're not, huh? Ooh, yeah, I made a silly decision, man. Who thought that they could go across country in in the back of a van to a big conference? (laughs) What an idiot. What'd you do? You ran all the way down to Texas? Oh, my God. It beat the crap out of me all the way down there. And then I felt like in a daze and kind of like exhausted, but I had no clue why. I had no clue why. I don't know how this is, how this disjuncture even happened and or happened. But uh, then I proceeded to follow that up with a big 13-hour trip back. Boom, boom, boom in the back seat, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a couple days after I got back, it was just like hit me so heavy. Whoa, it took me, wiped me out for about four or five days, man. All my stuff, everything, my leadership meetings, everything. <laughs> Called in, said, man, I got to take a recuperation period. But uh, I'm on the way out of it, you know. I thought, you know, I should definitely do the show because that's something, you know, that's a source of positivity for me. So maybe this will help increase. Maybe I'll be wiped out after we get done with this one but you know whatever it's good to be here the cannabis yeah. agenda what is, is are you having spasms is that uh what's going on wow man it's uh kind of relaxed a lot since i've been and i you know, i have i have to literally stop and just prioritize you know kind of get through this thing and and anything outside which is all my academic affairs my leadership stuff it's the stuff that brings me joy that brings me success in my life that i'm working toward i'm really focused on this stuff but it just kind of disappears do, I mean, do you have to ser- do you have to increase medication during these periods like when um, you have- yeah if i had medication that's the that's where i ran into huge problems really because you know um, because of my situation being in school and do what I'm doing, I just make a choice. In my leadership stuff, I just make a choice not to uh, involve any kind of scandal or nonsensical crap because of using cannabis. So I don't use cannabis during this period. So it's it's when you get to a point like, that's usually okay, but when you get to a point like this, it's like, whoa, you just have to reach out for something. And it's like, man, right. I don't want to take that pharmaceutical nonsense because I'll wait. I'll be like, come on, come on, come on, take effect, come on. And you're waiting and waiting. And then all of a sudden you'll feel like your pain just decreases. Like somebody let the air out a little bit the pressure and it just go and you're like oh thank goodness and then right right on the heels of that is like this massive nausea and i start throwing up so i guess i'm kicked out of the opiate club you can't you puke from opiates anytime you have to take yeah opiates? man it's so bogus so i just kind of came home i just cut everything off cut my ties from everything and focus exclusively on just healing getting better and uh hope for the best not kind of the, the least desirable method of getting through this but you know it's all you got going on so you know i don't know i'm grateful to be here i'm back i'm good so far i got a lot of work ahead of me to dig myself out of the hole that this leaves whenever that happens to you but what an asshole i can't believe i did that stupid nah, was it was it even i mean what was what was the thing like in texas Enjoyable. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. It was it wasn't it was beneficial to a point. I mean, it was part really beneficial uh, student leadership 
student advocacy training stuff. And then part like a uh, Texas A&M fight song, you know, promo thing <laughs> or they're promoting yeah. their university. At least that was my feel, but it was, it was good. I just, yeah, mistake. Sometimes you have those things in my enthusiasm. They're like bummed because I didn't go last year. So I promised I'd go and psh, that's stupid. But anyway, yeah, that's enough yeah. about that nonsense. Well, I wish you were, you were strong. able to be out here in California, uh, puffing on a, on this dube of OG with me right now. Probably would, uh, yeah. Get you hype for the show. Um, yeah. Speaking of the show, we are doing a show right now. We are. Yeah. We're 52. Yeah. 52. What do we do here, Jamie? Oh, man. We do a little bit of news deconstruction. Uh, I call it activistainment because I think that pretty much sums it up. And uh, this is a program where we pretty much all agree that the current drug policy in the United States is politically driven and it's not in the best interest of the people. And we try to encourage people to. Uh, get motivated and uh, make sure that they disseminate accurate information and, and get involved in a positive way to make change. Right. So it'll stop sucking so bad. Yeah. We're all about positive information uh, and, and accurate. I mean, but not positive, accurate information. And we, um, sure. but, but yeah, we're definitely biased towards reforming drug laws in the United States of all sorts. But uh, obviously the show is mostly geared towards uh, marijuana. Um, mostly as an, pretty much only we don't discuss other drugs very often on the show um but yeah in general we're kind of not fans of drug policy in the united states so that's uh on the real um if you guys haven't checked out the website before you can check it out it's been revamped uh matt did a, a really good job of uh getting it all all back out there in, in a new format and everything so check it out it's uh, cannabisagenda.com um, we've been getting an explosion of emails lately um, keep them keep them coming anytime you've got a question or a comment criticism and ideas something you want to share with us a scoop a story we've been getting people sending us their own their own personal written stories lately even um, send them in uh, inf- the, the email is um, info at cannabisagenda.com um, you can also call anytime 707-654-CAN-C-A-N-N. It's just a voicemail. Uh, occasionally, we will take calls on it, but when you call it now, you just be leaving a voicemail, and some people like doing that. We've been getting more of those lately, too, so uh, keep them coming in. Um, check us out on iTunes. Um, you can search for us under Cannabis Agenda there. Easy way to keep up with podcasts. Uh, you just subscribe on iTunes, and then they're they're um, up, downloaded to your player when they're, they're available. Really easy. Also, leave some... Um, reviews there if you could we'd uh, really really be um stoked um if you could do that um also we're on uh, twitter and facebook we've been getting a lot of uh twitter activity lately i'm still still confused about how twitter actually even works but um we've been getting a lot of activity on there and um facebook yeah if you're uh, if you're on facebook and you listen to the show you like the show um look look us up cannabis agenda it's easy to find um like us and uh suggest please suggest us to your friends if uh if you, you wouldn't mind taking the time um so episode 52 uh what uh what do we have on uh, the show today jamie well, as usual, we'll start off with some questions and comments from our listeners. We've got a lot of great feedback coming. Keep that coming, guys. We certainly appreciate it. Got a few announcements to share with everybody as well. Um, once again, if you're a cannabis dispenser in California, please give us a holler. We'd like to start a dialogue with you. I think it would be advantageous for us all. Um, we got some stuff coming from the Rocky Mountain High, a little bit heavy on the Montana stories this week. I think we uh, decided we're going to cut some uh, Colorado stuff and 
be a little bit heavy on that next week. So uh, look forward to some Montana stories. Um, quite a bit going on there. There is a wave explosion of uh, medical marijuana bills in their legislature. We'll talk a little bit about those things. Uh, a a kind of curious organization, a Mormon financed organization up there. Um, our friend from uh, Hotbots Hotbox Podcast, rather, uh, will be checking in on us to explain a little bit more about that. Going out to the East Coast, Maryland and uh, Massachusetts, both have some uh, pretty uh, serious developments going on within their legislative processes. Uh, Rhode Island legislators have filed a tax and regulate bill. Yes, that's right, folks. That's legalization, and it looks good so far. Vermont lawmakers are considering me- medical marijuana legislation as well. We'll cover a little bit about that. A couple things in our California. A little light on California so far, but there's some pretty important stuff we'll talk about. The DAs are given a choice on their sentencing, um, potentially no more mandatory minimums in certain circumstances. That's always a uh, relatively uh, welcomed thing to happen. Um, The feds are attacking Harborside Dispensary with an IRS audit. We'll explain a little bit more what's going on with that one. Pot in the Midwest, Seattle had their first cannabis farmer's market. Yep, that's right. You heard it right. The cannabis farmer's market awesome. We'll tell you what what went down in that area. There's a huge slew of bills in Oregon as well. Their medical marijuana laws are, I don't even want to say they're under attack, but there's a lot of changes (laughs) pending and uh, we'll talk about that in more detail. Um, Going down in the Southwest, New Mexico lawmaker wants to repeal their medical marijuana laws there. We'll talk about that. Over in the Midwest, uh, ethic panel has cleared that Iowan lawmaker, you remember we talked about on the show, that uh, went over to California and lied to see how easy it was to get medical cannabis, whatever. We knew that was happening. A uh, very interesting uh, bill posted, uh, posed by the legislature in Minnesota. Keep that one a little bit secret. You're going you're gonna to be surprised, perhaps. And then uh, an uninformed Illinois House committee, um, OK's legalizing industrial hemp. Um, and I don't really even re- think that they realize what they've done and how positive it is. Um, in the national spotlight, there's a new poll showing an upward t- trend in public support for legalization. Talk about that briefly. Um, we have a new segment today, Quit Calling It Synthetic Marijuana. I think we should put a comma and then put damn it. Um, but <laughs> we're going to talk about a few stories there. Uh, we've got some mentions. Uh, we'll uh, refer you to some clips that we have on our site. Um, in activist spotlight today, uh, the t- 2011 International Drug Policy Reform Conference. It's going to be happening in L.A., um, this November. Um, so it's worth checking out. We'll tell you about some details and where to get their official website um, a little bit later in the show. And this time on the research bin, you know, it, it, it dawns on me that it's not all medical research. That's certainly important and we'll keep covering uh, relevant issues um, in, that, in that relation. But uh, there's also uh, historical research. And you know what? It's high time that you all learn the history about cannabis because you're talking about a million different stories that get shared with a million different people. And uh, sometimes it's good to check in and get some facts straight. Um, some very interesting uh, information available, credible stuff from the Schaefer Library, drug r- Schaefer Drug Library, I think is what that's called. And it will give you some links and talk about that briefly. And there's a great clip for the end of the show. Um, stick around for that. It's worth hearing. Uh, it's called The War on Drugs. What a joke. And with that, I think we'll have a pretty full show, as you were saying. And a lot of serious stuff this week, actually. Um, seems like a, a one of our, it'll be a, one, you know, a more serious episode. A lot, a lot of news, um, a lot of regional news. Really, it looks like we're going to cover you know almost every region we have there, uh, minus Hawaii today so far and international. But we're we're covering a lot today as far as the regions go. So, mm-hmm. got a lot, a lot for you guys. Um, wow. 
we've been uh, getting a decent amount of um, email communication lately. Uh, mm-hmm. Shakedown sent us some scoops on uh, Grow Op Bust in uh, Cleveland. Um, thanks, buddy. We, we're not going to cover that today, but we will get to it. Um, Denton emailed us uh, two of his own personal, personally written op-ed pieces. Um, thanks a lot, Denton. We'll, uh, we'll we'll check those out and and see uh, see if we'll see if we'll get them on the show at some point. Um, Jordan emailed us that uh, um, he loves the length of our show and he thinks it's the perfect time to sit back for a bowl or two and he does not want us to make it any less than an hour and a half. What do you guys think of that? That's what we're shooting for, right? An hour and a half to two hours, basically, right? That's that's yeah. that's the goal. That's the goal. Today's is going to be close. I have I don't know. I'm I'm feeling my guess would be today's will be a little over two two hours, but we'll see. Um, Crypto man from Vermont e- emailed us. Um, likes our show. Um, he saw a potential booze news store worthy story occur um, at his local bar. Um, and he said if uh, once he finds a scoop online, he'll either send us a link or he will uh, scan it into a computer and send it to us if he finds it. Um, and he uh, believes uh, Vermont is really, really close to decriminalization. You've uh, you got a, a story from Normal Legal on that right here, don't you? It's true, isn't it? They are very close to legalization right now. It is true. It is true. Um, just, uh, let me see here, two separate Marijuana law reform measures are pending, um, according to the normal site, normal.org. If you go to normal.org, you can, uh, you should be there anyway if you're interested in this podcast. But, uh, yeah. if you, if you check it out, it's the second story from the top. Just go right to the website when it takes you there. It should be the second story from the top. It, it uh, lists, I think the story is titled, Is New England the New Hotbed for Marijuana Law Reform? Hey, it looks like it might be. Uh, it's featuring each of these states Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island. And the last one on the list is Vermont. It has a Senate Bill 17 um, that proposes expanding the state's medical marijuana law to permit the establishment of two nonprofit medical dispensaries in the state. Um, Then you can learn more about that measure and the links that they give you on that site. But also the one that I believe this listener is referring to is House Bill 427 that would amend the state law so that the adult possession of up to one ounce of marijuana is reduced from a criminal misdemeanor, which was uh, is punishable by six months in jail and a $500 fine maximum um, to a civil offense punishable just by a $150 fine with no jail time and no criminal record um, involved. So the passage of, of that measure um, it has been endorsed by Democrat Governor Peter Shumlin. So that's an important aspect to that. So he, uh, he said he, it will allow law enforcement to reallocate an estimated $700,000 annually in criminal justice resources. So if you're from Vermont, definitely contact your House members, and uh, you can do that on this story. Um, follow the links, um, and we'll uh, get you hooked up with that as well. Yep. Yeah, it's true. Mid- uh- yeah, it is true. I mean, it's something we should mention too. It's happening in in Vermont, but um, uh, decrim is becoming obviously apparent there. Um, these changes are happening everywhere. But hey, we do, I always for, forget. I've been forgetting lately to mention this. You can go to our website camsagenda.com, and you can always look at our shows and the show notes. And the show notes always have the links to all the stories we mentioned. So check it out there on our on our website. Um, yeah. Um, oh, hey, this this email. Um, did you see this one from Mark? Oh yeah, about the the cops being corrupt and yeah. we're being should naive I, about the. T- <laughs> sure, should, should, I, 
should I read it quote for quote? Okay. Um, this is from Mark, and it's uh, regarding because we've talked about we've been talking about police a lot lately, and their intentions and their viewpoints, and how come we know so many active police officers think marijuana laws are stupid, but they still don't speak out against it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We even had a law professor, uh, or not a law professor, a criminal justice professor, professor mm-hmm. from Indi- from Illinois State University. Is that where he was from? Uh, University of Illinois. Yeah. University of Illinois, and we had uh, him on a few weeks ago to, to talk about this with us. Uh, Mark emailed us, quote, they are against change because they are corrupt, and the drug war gives limitless opportunities to be such. Love you guys dearly, but fuck you are naive on this. Cops love the drug war. Why else be a cop, really? Total power trip, tons of cash, people cowering before them, raiding homes, shooting pets, big rush. Guys, cops are the enemy totally and completely. Um, well, that's cer- certainly a more, much more punitive take on the whole scheme of things. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what seems, do you think? Seems, I think that seems a little too black or white, really. I, I don't know. I think that's why we've, discussed it, we've discussed it so much. Um, you know, right. uh, I personally, I just can't, I guess it's weird. I can't really imagine society without some sort of authority figure that's supposed to come and settle just like disputes, you know, right. I mean, have you ever, have you ever had to use police, the, the police before in your favor for something where you were perhaps, you know, potentially going to be harmed or anything like that? I have. So hell yeah. Uh, yep, Definitely. Definitely. I think That's they have their prior. I think they have their priorities mixed up a lot of the times, especially when it comes to drugs. Um, right. I think that their methods are are out of whack too for how they deal with drugs. Um, and um, you know, we we know that there's a lot of active police officers that don't really that kind of think that. Um, Drug laws, specifically marijuana laws, are kind of out of whack too, um, right. and they don't speak up. And we talked about that on the show a lot. Um, but I think, like, I don't know, just that they're that they're in it, that they're all in it for. for I mean, you know, power trip. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine a lot of people, a lot of cops, really enjoy the power that they get out of uh, being a police. Oh, but the tons of Tons of cash thing. I mean, who are we talking about here? Like, that's one of the like one of the main reasons a lot of people don't really want to be cops. It's not like I mean, crazy good paying job, is it? It pays well, but it doesn't. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm wondering if he's if you're you know asserting that that cops are all you know dirty on and, the take, and yeah, steal stealing cash and stuff. And I don't. I personally just don't buy that. I don't know. Yeah, um, certainly exists. And it makes a good point, I think, because I know a lot of people that actually feel this way, right or wrong. I know that a lot of people that actually do feel this way. It's just cut and dry for them, and there's you know, there's no further. Fuck thought. the police. That makes, yeah, That's, exactly right. That's what I call them. I call them the fuck the police group, the fuck the police crowd, and and, the, and those the people in that in that uh, circle of thought. I don't know. It makes you think. Are we just? I don't know amusing ourselves are we lying to ourselves with this big fantasy where we think well certainly some officers are legitimate and stand-up guys and right they're not not corrupted i mean i don't think that's the case i think that there actually are but do we just do we just want to tell ourselves that because it makes us feel a lot better i don't know it's it does uh 
Or do we want to just tell ourselves that they're the enemy because it makes it easiest for her to digest, you know? And it's just like, yeah. you know, I mean, um, I would imagine that the truth is kind of somewhere in between, in obviously. Between. Yeah. Both, both exists. You know, I would, I mean, <laughs> you know, like when it comes to intentions, there's, there's got to be, co- I might, this is my opinion, there's got to be cops that have good intentions maybe they have oh. shitty shitty philo- personal philosophies or whatever viewpoints on drugs or these this crime versus this crime or even um god i mean even like racial philosophy and stuff could be you know i mean it's just a, there's so much from where you 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 can diverge from your intentions based off of having bad right. bad philosophy and bad rationale you know and um, I think that that's disproportionately the case uh, as you get into more elite kind of task force strike forces, the paramilitary raid bunch of guys, those guys, they're, they just get the adrenaline buzz going and they've got the excitement, the big rush thing that he's talking about. That happens sure. a lot, you know, that happens a lot. And that's, uh, I don't know, it's difficult sometimes to see how these raids, they're the mismanaged ones though. Really, they are, and, and and they were mismanaged prior to sending in the in the the testosterone right. crew. And in in a lot of cases, maybe even most cases, outside of big cities that require like L.A. or New York City, in most cases they're they're executed improperly, and they really, frankly, shouldn't even exist. You know, um, you know, a little podunk town or some small city, they don't need a SWAT team. They want to. Well, you SWAT can send team. in a right. You can <laughs> send in like a state-ran SWAT team if ever there was ever a need for one or whatever. You know, right. it doesn't seem like every little tiny municipality across the United States needs to be spending tons of money training training special forces for their police. I mean, it just seems <laughs> seems a little. Um, I don't know. Scary, draconian, counterproductive. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) And so when you think about things like that, it does make you feel like cops are totally the enemy. I mean, because, you know, shit, I'd be scared to death if SWAT team showed up. Shooting Labrador retrievers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I've been harassed by cops a lot in my time, too. So it's not like, oh, I've had all these peachy experiences with the police. That's not the case at all. Like, I've totally been... um, uh, stereotyped before I have been searched to the max countless times, constantly in cars as a kid. And then even, even in, you know, non medical marijuana States, I feel like, wow, the cops, instead of enforcing traffic safety laws, their biggest priority is to look for drugs in every single car that they profile as a potential drug possessor you know so and i feel like that's way 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 messed up as far as being one of your priorities you know because uh they could do a much better job at at, uh patrolling for for um you know actual public safety matters out on the road but um yeah i think the bottom line is this really is a much more uh complicated kind of issue than it than it seems on its face and there's it's kind of intuitive just to go well, that's the way it is, cut and dry. But you know, I think there's a lot more to this. Yeah, I would, I would agree. But we we appreciate that you listen a lot and that you love the show, Mark. Thanks for sending uh, sending it okay. in. It was uh, definitely good for uh, good for some thought on here, and we will uh, we we mm-hmm. will continue to be uh, talking and, and thinking about this uh, issue over time. It it kind of doesn't go away, does it, Jamie? Nope, it won't go away until we vanquish it. <laughs> they were just about right. ready to get rid of polio, I think, 
uh, you know, the Gates Foundation chasing all these diseases around and just about ready to extinguish it. And then like one country said, nah, we have problems with you guys coming in here. We don't know who to trust or what's going on. And it just evades them. It's just like, this is a, I mean, that's a, that's a somewhat good analogy for this effort. I mean, it just takes, you just got to go until it's done and then keep going to make sure you, you know, seal things down and make sure we can't backtrack and, you know, all this nonsense will pop up again. There's, yeah. there's incentive for people to do these, to har- put forth this kind of harmful stuff towards other people. They're, they're getting money out of it and power and control and all kind of different things. So, you know, they're not going to, that, that incentive is not going to disappear. So you got to make sure yeah. that the law provides, you know, for taking care of people and looking out for our, our better interests. Right. And that's really what reforming cannabis laws is all about, is looking out for the general public and doing what's best for the most people. And, and our drug laws are not it as of now. But thanks, guys. We really appreciate all the thoughtful emails and uh, scoops and everything. Keep sending them in. Info at CannabisAgenda.com. And as always, you can call 707-654-CAN-CANN, which is 2266. Got some announcements today. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been asking everybody how we doing on the show length. We've been seems like we've been getting a lot of uh, participations uh, since mm-hmm. we've shortened it a little bit. Um, our last episode was pretty short. I don't even know how short it ended up being. Man, how sh- how short was the last episode? It was after- just it was just over an hour. It was <coughs> really short. It may okay. have been our shortest ever. So we're short. Uh, we're sh- um. I think back in the very beginning, we had one yeah. right around that length too. Couple, uh, yeah. Our longest ever is like almost four hours. Right? <laughs> was that our election <laughs> night extravaganza? I don't know. Yeah, we've had. Some, uh, I think even some we had a regular ones. one. Yeah, there's some some, yeah, some big ones. Some monsters. There. Yeah. So keep telling us what you got. We've been getting everybody. You know, a lot of the regular uh, email participators been telling us what they think about uh, the length. Um, if uh, you happen to be someone just. With whatever you have an opinion on the length of the show because it's we're kind of tinkering with it lately. Uh, and like I mentioned earlier, we're trying to get it between an hour and a half and two hours. Let us know what you think about that. Um, looks like we got an email from Scott at hey. leafly.com. You guys remember Scott? We had him on um, episode number 34, it was some time yeah. ago yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yep, for yeah. his uh, his uh, site called leafly.com is like a it's in that strains, yeah, it's like strains? a strain database. Okay. And um, I remember that. U- users can go online and like um, you know review and rate strains for their different effects and you know yeah give them I like stars that guy. or whatever. Cool. Yeah, he was a cool guy. Anyway, he he emailed us and told us uh, that they just launched an iPhone app. Cool. Ooh. Did you check it out? Yeah, I did. You, you download the app onto your iPhone and it's pretty slim. It doesn't take up a lot of space or anything, and uh, gives you access to the entire Leafly database and uh, you know strain descriptions and reviews um it's pretty cool uh the one thing i wish they have and i'm sure they have plans for it in the future are pictures because there are no pictures yet mm-hmm. gotcha oh, awesome. it's pretty cool i i would definitely recommend it's free uh you know if you're if you have an iphone and you're interested in cannabis it's definitely one to grab cool sure. excellent check check it out guys um also we're still trying to connect with uh, uh medical cannabis dispensary in california or dispensaries um, throughout the state to start uh, a dialogue with um, in regards to the the business of uh, of cannabis in California, and um, we would love to hear from you guys if uh, you'd call in or email in at some point. That'd be super cool. 
looks like uh, we're moving on to the news for the day. And is it thick? Um, leading the day with your Rocky Mountain High, um, which is uh, Colorado, Montana, Idaho. You know, Rocky Mountain news related to marijuana. Today, we are going to cover uh, Montana stuff, actually. We've got a decent grip of Montana stuff. Next week, we're going to cover Colorado. And it looks like we'll have a pretty thick Colorado section next week. Um Going to give a shout out to the Hot Box podcast right now. Um, they've been doing a uh, podcast up in uh, Montana, I believe, mostly related to Montana um, cannabis related stuff. So uh, check them out. Um, and uh, we're supposed to be trying to arrange a call or some sort of uh, uh, discussion with them at some point here in the future. And I think they left a uh, they left a voicemail to uh, this week, didn't they? Yeah, uh, Jamie, do you want to play that now or later? Um, let's do uh, the first couple of stories and then we can seg right into that and let them okay. know, uh, about the posting we have. Perfect. All right. Sounds good. Does that work? It works. Um, looks like, awesome. uh, what's this first story here, Jamie? Oh, well, this is a mention. Um, uh, we're going to refer you to the website. As I always say, you know, if you're hearing us say this on this program, then it's all, it's already, uh, available to you on our site. Um, check this out. There's, it's a mention because there is such an explosion of med- major medical marijuana bills in Montana. This is truly, uh, an exciting research laboratory. Um, for cannabis policy. There are House Bill 19, House Bill 43, 68, 82, 161, 175, 185. It goes on and on. There's several other ones. There's also Senate Bill 154, 170, 193, 334, 336, and several other proposed Jeepers. bills are waiting to be drafted right now. So we've got this up there. Check out the link on our on our site and you can take a look. It's a mention because there's no way that would take up a whole show to go through all that stuff. And that's not even a comprehensive list. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to make, make a mention. It's very interesting uh, what's going to happen there. Um, a lot of these, and it's a mixed bag. You know, They're not all negative. You hear a lot of negative stuff going on over there, but really that's not the case. Um, one of those bills, uh, and we, we, we do have a report, um, from, uh, Matt, our buddy from the hot box podcast that we'll play, uh, after this clip here. But, uh, the, one of those bills would allow employers to fire, uh, medical marijuana patients. Is that correct? I think we have a clip for this one. Do we not? Yeah, we do. Are you ready for that? Yeah, let's go ahead and roll it. Gray areas surrounding medical marijuana in Montana have created a slew of legislation aimed to regulate and even repeal the voter passed initiative, leaving many questions surrounding medical, medical cannabis in the workplace. News Channel 5's Casey Drescher has more. Republican Representative Gary McLaren's House Bill 43 creates employment related exceptions to the protections of the medical marijuana act. Basically puts the use of medical marijuana on a par with the use of alcohol or other drugs uh, in the workplace or outside the workplace. The bill clarifies an employer's rights when it comes to workers' compensation, drug testing, and disciplinary action. There is a lot of uh, questions out among the business community uh, because they're worried about frivolous lawsuits, they're worried about high legal fees, and they're worried about hazardous workplace environments. The measure greatly expands the pool of employees subject to random drug testing. So through no fault of their own, through no actions of their own on the job, not because of any sign of impairment, they are now going to be pooled into the pool of people 
that will be subject to random drug testing. And if medical marijuana is found in an employee's system, regardless of impairment level or job performance, employment could be terminated. The problem I have with this bill, however, is that as I read it, it actually does leave the door open to bigotry to the right of an employer to say, I don't care that you're doing a great job. I don't care that you're not under the influence ever at work. I know that you might use cannabis at night before you go to bed, and I don't like that. So you're fired, and you can't sue me. You can't do anything. Supporters say the bill not only promotes safety in the workplace, but it offers protection from costly legal action. This is bullshit right here. Can't afford Mm -hmm. the threat of liability on this. It may be a threat, but even a threat costs us $10,000. House Bill 43 Uh, does not create new drug testing laws, but expands upon them, which opponents say targets and violates the privacy of medical cannabis patients. Montanans shouldn't have to trade their privacy just to be able to keep a job. Reporting from the Capitol, I'm Casey Drescher, News Channel 5. Uh, they make yeah. it seem like all the businesses are the ones that have this worry about frivolous lawsuits. That's legislator right. spun BS. political BS. Yeah, yeah. Come on. That's uh, Representative Gary McLaren, um, a Republican from Victor, by the way. And this has passed the House and it awaits Senate committee hearing. So it's it's actually moving forward. <laughs> But uh, not lest, funny, really. <laughs> not lest funny. you believe that it's all negative uh, energy going up there in uh, Montana, and that the people have somehow dramatically turned against medical cannabis, you can think again. We have uh, a clip. I think we're we might be prepared to run this now from uh, Matt, our friend over there at Hotbox Podcast, explaining to us. He's up there. He's from Montana, so he's explaining to us what's really going down. Can we run that one? Yes. Awesome. Hey, what's up, guys? Matt from the Hotbox Podcast up in Montana. Hey, I just listened to your last episode, two hours. Nice. Um, The whole repeal thing here, the only reason that we found that it's gotten as far as it's gotten, because if you look at all the polls, it's all a decent-sized majority in, like, all the... I mean, they're online newspaper polls, but it shows, you know, the people get out there and they click a fucking button, and there you go. And they're all on the side of keep medical marijuana here. No, it's a very small majority or minority that wants repeals. This minority is called Safe Community, Safe Kids, the Safe Commie Mommies, as we like to call them, and they're funded (laughs) by the Church of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. Steve Zabawa gave them $20,000. He owns some big car company and shit in uh, Utah. He gave them $20,000 to run anti-medical marijuana ads. The MPP is trying to fundraise $10,000 to counter these ads. But I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully the governor sticks with his guns and doesn't overturn something the majority voted for, you know, almost Mm -hmm. eight years ago. We've had it this long, and everything's fine up here. There's no Sodom and Gomorrah. There's no Hurricane Katrina destruction like that one douchebag said. So we're doing all right. But if they do this, they're going to turn 28,000 people into criminals just like that overnight. And we're not going to stop smoking. We'll just use the podcast and the forum, lock it all down, and that's how we'll get everyone their pot. There you go. So I uh, love the show, guys. Keep it up. we got to get one of you guys or all you guys on our show one of these nights, and we'll come on yours, and we'll do the do. Later. <laughs> 
Rock. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for uh, sending that in to us. And clarifying what's going on, if you go to our site, we do have a, a, a relevant study connected to this. And instead of trying to explain to you who and what the safe community, safekids.org organization is all about, um, we will just give you uh, the Billings Gazette, their, their local, the major newspaper around that area, has a guest opinion written by uh, precisely these uh, individuals. It's titled Nightmare of Medical Marijuana Threatens Kids. I wish they, this should automatically come with sound effects, I think. That sounds like it's out of the 30s. Do, 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 do. And a big scream. Yeah, it, it, it actually really, really does. And we'll leave this to you guys. The, it's a little bit too lengthy to read on the, sh- on the pr- show, but it's up there. And you read this, and you'll get, <laughs> you'll get a pretty decent idea where these, uh, the type of rhetoric that these pr- people are talking about. Scary stuff. The, the part, the, the thing that I'm wor- wondering about up in Montana is how can the governor repeal a voter you know, approved. Um, constitutional amendment it, it and i mean they, we couldn't do that in california so I, i'm just wondering what the process is to even repeal their met the entire medical marijuana you know law they have on the books we need um, to get we need to get matt from the or those guys from the hot box podcast on to answer some of our questions i think yeah because because it's just i don't know i mean like we even in california have trouble making any like laws that do anything to amend the original law like um when we passed sb 420 it was on the books for a while and people were following it and then the state supreme court ruled that it was it actually amended sb 215 and was therefore illegal because you could only do that with a you could only amend that with a nut since it was voter approved you could only amend it with voter approval so um i'm really wondering like what the process would be up there to uh go about repealing this law in the first place hey and what um and uh those online stud geez remember for prop 19 all the online Mm -hmm. stuff seemed so much more in favor of uh passing prop 19 didn't we didn't we run Mm -hmm. into that with with polling stuff the online stuff happens to be i don't know seems like it might be a little a little bit favorable towards the marijuana crowd. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I got that. Did you get that too? Yeah, 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 I think oh. so. You think so? I, that's what it seemed like from, from all the Prop 19 stuff that we looked at. But those polls are all crazy. I, I, what I imagine is it's like near a coin flip up there probably. Or, I mean, it passed with yeah. a huge, it passed with a huge amount of support. Um, it was like over 60%, if I remember correctly, in, in Montana. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Hopefully, hopefully um, it's not going backwards like you've always said things can. And they can so quickly in this. Oh, yeah. This, this is how. This is how it got to where it's at now in the first place. So it's really a, a lot of the same old stuff. Um, I'll read you this very short little piece. of the, This is the first paragraph of their guest opinion. This will explain it all to you. This is how it starts out. Montana kids are in trouble. Exclamation point, you know. After speaking with principals, educators, parents, and kids across the state, it's clear our schools are suffering from the devastating consequences of passing the medical marijuana law. We need another one of those. Dun, 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 dun. And then go, Montana. Montana is now number two in the nation for teen marijuana use. Our situation is serious. Yeah. Are you you scared yet? Very serious. I am. I I am. I have a a three-year-old. I'm worried. I'm a two-year-old. I'm worried about people giving him weed already. 
Yeah. He goes to school. It's like that. Wow. Yeah, freaks some people out, huh? Yeah, that's their probably. Intention. It probably has a lot of effect on Mormons. Um, this, this is this is a, a religious group. Um, yeah, well, there's G- a there's a very clearly written doctrine. I don't even know the details of the, from a you know the the religious details within their religion, but but I know for certain that their Mormons very strongly believe like your your body is your temple. It's really you know they don't put anything in there well they're not supposed to anyway you know i mean what was that basketball player just got kicked off the team because he admitted that he had had sex with his girlfriend and that whoo, sure man and he was their star he was just he was everything to them guys no jimmer for dead is their star jimmer for that's the Maybe. biggest scorer in the country but yeah this guy is a really cool. good was a, is a really good basketball player and totally changes the dynamic of byu's team and they're not gonna get it done now at all but um yeah. so just for having sex because this folks yeah right other guy you mentioned doesn't have sex with his girlfriend or at least can keep a lid on it what do you <laughs> right what do you, what do you right. guys what do you guys think the mormons think about kids smoking pot for medical purposes that's the worst of the worst, man. They probably would uh, advocate the death penalty on that one. You know, actually, that's not that's not fair to say. I don't even know how Mormons think feel about the death penalty, but it's safe to say that that is the that's extreme debauchery in their eyes. More than that, it's like sacrilege. It's well. It's do you just, think they let their kids use synthetic opiates no. for pain or something like? They don't. You don't um, think under Mormons? under proper living properly under their religious beliefs, if they're good Mormons, I guess you could say. And I'm, I'm by all means not a not an expert on this, but this is just the topical things that you know a lot, most people know about the the Mormons is that they they don't allow you to have soda pop or negative like. Nasty. I mean, it's not like a period, but they're really not supposed to put that kind of garbage they, in their body. They don't believe in modern medicine. Um, I don't know where they stand on modern medicine. Um, I, I would, I would imagine medical uh, marijuana is modern medicine and ancient medicine. Sure, but the, but the, they're not gonna if if the doctor gives you morphine for pain, they're not gonna say, oh no, we don't. That's what. Yeah, I don't think they're okay. they're not like Scientologists or anything like that. They're they. I mean, I don't know. I might, might be wrong. Maybe they try to avoid certain types of pharmaceutical drugs, sure. but um, I, I don't know. That's something that that's that's a that's a. I'm not sure what their what their viewpoint is on that, and that's what I'm getting at. If they if they they'll take prescribed medications whenever they're prescribed for pain or whatnot. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think that <laughs> I don't think kids could should be puffing weed (laughs) you know but um perhaps like a perhaps uh, you know if for certain ailments is not unreasonable to imagine like thc being administered um you know here's why i asked did you did have you heard about the story of cash hide this uh this two-year-old from michigan or from montana i mean this is the next this is the next story right Right, yeah yeah this is what's I, I don't I, I I was looking through the videos this week and I found a bunch of stories about this kid and uh, mm. it's the first time I've heard of him. It's an um, incredible story, yeah, heartbreaking, it's a re- but really it's very positive. Um, yeah. So I guess we might as well roll the clip. Let's check it out. Of the state's over twenty eight thousand medical cannabis card holders, fifty one of them are under the age of eighteen. That's one of the things that I think is one of the biggest misperceptions is that there's 
a ton of kids that are out here that have their cards, you know, that are in high school and junior high and that are buying this medical cannabis and giving it to their friends. And that's just simply not true. The Medical Marijuana Act says in order for children to get a card, they have to follow specific guidelines. The minor's physician has to explain the potential risks and benefits of the medical use of marijuana. The custodial parent or legal consents to the medical use of marijuana by the minor agrees to serve as the minor's caregiver and agrees to control the acquisition of marijuana and the dosage and frequency of the medical use of marijuana by the minor. More often, though, the, the children who are under the age of 18 have very, very, very serious medical conditions. This is two-and-a-half-year-old Cash Hyde. He's battled a brain tumor and won. Cash is one of the state's youngest medical cannabis patients. I believe that, you know, Cash is with us for a lot of reasons. You know, he is a patient of medical cannabis, which is, I think, greatly benefited his battle. Cash's parents were there every step through his battle and watched as drugs prescribed by his doctors made him hallucinate and even stop his heart. I watched Cashy not be able to eat for over 40 days to the point where he couldn't lift his head up off his pillow. I realized along the way in this, in this journey that there is a quality of life that a lot of people do not have, and it's because mm -hmm. of the drugs that they're given. With medical cannabis so new to many, some are worried of the effects it might have on young developing brains. Brandy Tyree is a substance abuse prevention specialist who spends her days trying to keep kids away from marijuana. The THC will interfere with um, concentration, learning, problem solving, short-term memory, all things that kids need, especially when they're in school and trying to learn. It's a substance that's harmful for the brain during development. We believe it's harmful for kids. And in our opinion, no, we don't think kids should be using marijuana. I would tell people before they make a decision um, on this to really do their research and check the facts out. If you or someone you know has battled cancer, I don't have to tell you how devastating it is to watch chemotherapy and cancer consume your loved one. And when you can actually watch something that you're doing for them actually benefit them in a way that nobody else can do, you feel, you feel empowered and you feel like you can make a difference. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is... Um it's home for me. I have a two and a half year old and if he needed cannabis for to be able to eat or comfort and I was watching, you know, other prescribed drugs have those effects on him, I wouldn't think twice about um, you know, administering cannabis. Uh, your question originally, Matt, what do you I'm sure this Mormon group thinks this is crazy. I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, and here's the thing, is I guess at this point they made it sound like it's pretty, you know, they're pretty stringent guidelines on how a minor has to go about being able to to uh, get a medical cannabis card in, in Montana. And, and, you know, at this point, at this point, I think that's probably good. It probably should be way, way more difficult for minors. As a matter of fact, we should probably, in general, start thinking a lot more about what kind of drugs, even legal pharmaceutical drugs we give our children. I remember when I was a kid, it was like any time I had a runny nose, they wanted to give me antibiotics. It seems like that's changed a little bit. But, um, it, it went, you know, like, I mean, I don't know, just in general, I think we got to be really careful about what, 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 you know, foreign chemicals we're putting in our children's bodies. So, um, I don't know. I guess at this point in the evolution of uh, marijuana legalization and medical cannabis, it's probably really good that it's that it is difficult for children to get to 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 be able to use cannabis. So that's just my 
in, in, intuition about it as of now. How do you how do you feel? Um, I agree. I agree with you on most of that. I just want to point out also that um, this organization is in, in Montana. There, I I don't know for certain that they're Mormon. I just know that the gentleman that is financing them and their belief system is going along the Mormons. Um, the Mormons. Yeah, the the guy that's financing them is definitely a Mormon guy, and uh, so you know that's the connection. I don't know okay. for certain, and they could definitely be be you know Mormons or and it's not or majority. It, you know, it's important to point out here we're not we're not you know slagging on anybody's religious beliefs. That's not the case. That's no. not the situation. You know, it's just the obvious. Would they would they hate that this little child was saved by something that was by far less toxic than anything they've taken from the doctors? I mean, that were killing him. My guess is that uh, at this point, like this guy financing this group would hate on that. <laughs> that's just my, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's yeah, I think so. I think so. It's unfortunate. You know, we got a long ways to go. Oh, yeah, for sure. Lots uh, of crazies out there. Lots of them, it looks like. Uh, there. Uh, when we first started the show, there were like fire bombings going on in, in Montana and like uh, Mol- uh, Molotov cocktails being thrown through dispensary windows and crap like that. It looks like there's been some more some more crazy vandalism going on up there. We've uh, oh, no. got a clip. It uh, looks like uh, Vandal Strike 2 medical marijuana clinics in Billings, Montana. Can you roll that clip for us, Matt? You got it. Like two medical marijuana storefronts early this morning, staff at High Life Wellness Center say security cameras caught the offender in the act. The suspect can be seen spray painting the building at 2.30 this morning. A couple of minutes earlier, the green cross down the street was hit. Owner Doug Medina says this is the fourth time his business has been targeted. It's, it gets tiring backing people. And we, we do need help. We need help with this situation to stop. Medina says he believes the vandal is the same person who shot an arrow through his window last summer. He says he never told anyone but the police and his staff about that incident. Yeah. Damn, someone shot an arrow through. <laughs> That'd be pretty scary stuff, really. <laughs> right? <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, some of those compound bow arrows? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they, yeah. No, those Wicked. are the real deal. Uh huh, for sure. It's just, it just, I don't know, the image to me for some reason was, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, someone with like this, like, 1800 version of like an arrow out there, all tribal and like shooting an arrow at that. Yep. It was, uh, not a moment of clarity for me, but yeah, uh, definitely um, something going on there. There's some like, gosh, like, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? You think this is like a small group of people that are just intent on giving MedPot a bunch of shit or what? Mormons. I don't know. Yeah, it's the Mormon. <laughs> I don't know about that. Mormons on crack substitute. Um, I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know what the what the scoop is. I think that we uh, the guys from Hotbox there. You know, since they're from that area, that that's a great idea to bring them on here and uh, get them to kind of clarify some of what's going on out there. Because I think from from just a, a, a our viewpoint, outsider's viewpoint, it could, you know, easily get misrepresented, you know, as Matt, uh, from the hotbox, Matt, um, as he pointed out to us, it's not like everybody says, uh, sure. Most, the vast majority of people are still in support, um, of the legislation up there. And, you know, I, it's hard to say, I can't say that it's true, but I can't say that it's not true that, you know, certain 
people of certain mindset are perpetuating these things on purpose. I mean, yeah. it's not, I'm not one to jump into this whole conspiracy theory thing. We don't know that that's true. But then again, it's plausible. It seems very plausible and we don't know it's that very, it's not true either. And it's very odd because like we've, I mean, we, we definitely have had some negative social consequences from the medical marijuana industry in California, in Colorado, in all of the medical states, mostly based off of, of the difference between federal and state laws and the fact that cops still and, and arrest people and people can't have bank accounts. There's still a lot of cash and then there's a lot of violence sometimes, not a lot, but I mean, you know, like we do have sh- crappy consequences still based off of the way that things are run. But what I haven't noticed in any other state other than Montana is this like supposed political like difference on the opinion that's almost driving people to violence against each other just because of their viewpoints on medical marijuana. Do, do, you, do you guys know what I'm saying? Like I haven't, Montana seems to be the one place where they're trying to frame it like this is happening. Like there's, you know, there's, there's right. groups that are so against it to where they're, they're almost pissed off to the point of violence. And then there are these little, these like, you know, these, I mean, I even think there was a murder last year, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. So, yeah. Um, so, so that, I mean, I haven't seen that in the other States as much, not since we've started the show anyway. Am I imagining that? Or is that, is that kind of what the difference seems like up there? That's what it seems like to me. I mean, it's not far fetched to think that people will put plant, you know, certain people or certain circumstances into a situation if they want to, if they have a vested interest in the outcome, I mean, they're motivated to try to get this thing uh, repealed. They're, the whole hoopla, the whole wave of public concern they're trying to ride this thing in on is, you know, based on, it's all fear-based. It's based on reactionary kind of uh, approach to things, a reactionary perspective. Oh my gosh, this is so horrible and destructive and so much different than what we intended when we voted it in. And, you know, they're all leading people to hopefully get them to believe to drink the Kool-Aid, I guess, for lack of a better explanation. They want to try to entice people into drinking their Kool-Aid, so to speak. And so everybody's going, yeah, it's bad. But they don't really think it is or know it is. And from what we hear from up there, from people that know up there, that's not being very effective. Um, just the, the media from ex- externally, that's, that's kind of our filtered version of what we get. So I hope that uh, Matt's right and that's this is going to come to an end sometime or at least calm down a lot and they get everything straightened out. I, I would imagine with a list of, of potential legislation as big as they've got pending right now that something should work out. Something's definitely going to change. You can, you can bet that much. Hopefully it doesn't go backwards. We will keep following Montana in the future. It looks like, um, speaking of going look, backwards, yeah, right the, look, the East coast in Maryland, Yep. They thought they had it rolling with this one. Um, they had a, a, a serious setback. A Maryland lawmaker, um, a delegate, Dan K. Morhaime, um, a Baltimore County Democrat. He's the bill's co-sponsor. He's trying to salvage this bill. It would legalize medical marijuana after the state's top health official testified that provisions regarding the drugs use and distribution were inadequate. Now, check this out. Um he the the delegate Morheim said he's he's working to address concerns raised uh, last Monday um, by Dr. Joshua M. 
Sharfstein. He's the secretary of Maryland's Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Now here, he, uh, he, uh, Dr. Sharfstein testified at a House Judiciary Committee hearing that although he thinks the state eventually could make marijuana available to residents with many severe illnesses, it first needs to determine how to fund and supervise such a program, he said, from his official standpoint. Um, but the, the, the important thing about Mr. Uh, Sharfstein, was, he's formerly the second in charge at the FDA. He was a deputy, I forgot what his position was, but he's a former employee of the, of the FDA. We know how the FDA has treat, treated cannabis in the past. It's actually illegitimate and it doesn't exist and it's just a fallacy based on the fact that it's not uh, FDA approved. It doesn't go through our stringent processes that kill so many people and, you know, stay, stay tuned for the clip at the end of the show. You'll hear more about that. But uh, the, the, the problem was that he was appointed um, to the O'Malley administration back in January after serving as a deputy commissioner at the Food and Drug Administration. So that's they already have a you know a predisposed position toward this whole issue and argument and discussion. It's not really a sure. discussion with these guys. So you know a lot of people are calling foul on that one. We'll see how it goes. We'll keep an eye on it. But uh, it's not dead. It's still rolling. Maryland's got some stuff posing or pending and we'll see how it goes uh there's a there's a clip to to support this i think as well should we go ahead and do that one yeah it kind of opposes it rather than support it supports it it's a um the health secretary of the state of maryland is uh, does not support the medical marijuana bill sharfstein that's the guy sharfstein so this is the same this is the same story basically but this is the this is the the clip for it FDA deputy. Yeah, sorry, I didn't realize we had this clip. That's all right. I don't think we need to. I don't think yeah, we, we need can, to roll the clip. That's at this fine. Point, yeah, though. we can. We can just. Uh, it's in the. It's in the notes. If if people want to watch it. If you want to watch the clip, check it out. Yeah. Sure. Yep, yeah. Shady dealings for sure with those guys. Um, also in Massachusetts, there's some good stuff going on. Uh, well, I should always uh, preface that with potentially good stuff going on. Um, right. There's legalization and uh, medical bills. Uh, pending in there. there. Let me see what we got going on. There's uh, three medical bills, I believe. Two of them are identical. Um, there's a uh, third is a medical use bill. Um, that's Senate Bill number 818, an act relative to the arrest and prosecution for the possession of marijuana for medical purposes. Um, there's a legalization bill um, similar to last uh, session's Bill S-1801 and H-2929, this bill, if passed, would immediately remove all of Massachusetts' criminal and civil penalties upon persons over the age of 21 who possess or cultivate cannabis for their personal use and sharing of same with other adults. So that's, a, that's an awesome legalization bill that's pending there. Weight restrictions on that? Um, that's all, that's the only language it says in there. It says when, when lawful under the laws of the United States, it will also legalize the commercial cultivation. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of future, they're future proofing it in a way saying, you know, when it, when it finally becomes mm-hmm. lawful under the laws of the U S then it'll also, it'll immediately click in, uh, to effect that it'll legalize the commercial cultivation, uh, possession and distribution of cannabis by those who hold a valid license issued in accordance with regulations proposed in the bill. So it's a pretty good one. Um, two medical bills, uh, H2160, Act to Regulate the Medical Use of Marijuana. And let me see, there's a, 
there's another one in here somewhere. But uh, anyway, also if you if you check out this link on our site that I'm, I'm getting this information from, um, there is a link there in red. You can't miss it. Kind of at the bottom of the story, it says, uh, "As expected, bad bills have been filed, similar to legislation filed last session." So check out some of those bad bills, which would be a negative toward cannabis policy or sensible cannabis policy. And um, we'll just leave that the rest of that up to you, up to y'all, up to you all. And uh, good stuff going on in both of those states, it looks like. Uh, Rhode Island, um, good stuff is there uh, up there as well. Um, they have also filed a tax and regulate bill, which is huge news. Um, if you go on our site, we have a link to the actual bill in a PDF file. You can check it out if you want to. But uh, in, in, in gist, it's uh, basically um, uh, a bill to facilitate the, the open sales legalization, basically, with a uh, Taxation and regulation involved similarly to how alcohol is or cigarettes, you know, although, you know, I hate to refer to it that way because I really would uh, heed caution on connecting those things. We were talking about the syntaxes and I don't really think I don't see cannabis as doing even remotely even a significant fraction of the harm. You know that met, that that cigarettes and alcohol do. So I don't know where the damage comes that people would have to get you know be paying for if there was a syntax at- attached to it. But whatever, that's a, it's a good it's a good step in the right direction. I think um, was Wisconsin or I mean I'm sorry Vermont. How did I jump over there? Uh, Vermont yeah. lawmakers are considering uh, uh, some medical marijuana legislation as well. And I think we have a clip for this one. Let's hear what yeah they, uh, they yeah we say. mentioned all this at the top too. So check out this clip. With a pot prescription in the state of Vermont, it's entirely legal to smoke it. You're even allowed to grow it. But the problem will be finding it. Cannabis for me was a godsend. Today in Montpelier, lawmakers heard from medical marijuana patients. They're debating a bill to open dispensaries, a legal licensed storefront to buy pot. But as the law currently stands, there is no way for patients to lawfully obtain their drugs. Correct. It has to magically appear in my pocket. Larry Phillips has chronic back pain. He says prescription cannabis helps him get through the day, but he has to buy it from sometimes sketchy sources. I have to get it from someone who's selling it illegally. I have to break the law. I've been robbed. I've been threatened. I've had friends that have been robbed and threatened. We've had calls from... 85-year-old women who say, what am I supposed to do, ask my grandson? State Senator Jeanette White says dispensaries would be much safer for patients. Similar to programs in Denver and San Francisco, they would be heavily regulated, unlike the current Wild West of the black market drug trade. And how do you know what you're getting? You could be getting something as innocuous as oregano, or you could be getting something that's really bad, that's been laced with other things. I mean, there's no control. But there is opposition. We can't support it right now as written. From police. It needs a lot of work. And the Department of Public Safety. The dispensary could be infiltrated by an organized crime group that supplies the marijuana. Um, You could have a clerk that diverts it and sells it out the back door. You could have robberies, burglaries, uh, driving under the influence of marijuana. That's it. That's it. Ends really weirdly, but that's how it ends. Probably, all kinds of horrible things can happen. Just insert scare and fear here. Ah, Big (laughs) screams and yeah. I don't know what that was all about. Uh, Maybe we should we should edit those better um, because that really went far from the point. But God, I guess it oh it proves the point that the media really sucks sometimes at covering pot stories. I mean. 
come on, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's happening in Vermont. Definitely. Um, and, uh, we appreciate the, uh, we appreciate the email too that we got from um, who's it from? Crypto Man in Vermont sending us uh, some some stuff about that earlier too. Um, looks like it's time for a California update. We only uh, got a couple stories uh, this week um, in California. So the first one, the first one we got, what is it's uh, this is a bill um, at the statewide level that's be that was uh, looks like it was written by Tom Amiano, who is one of the is you know been one of the pot heroes um, uh, in California. He authored a bill, uh, Amiano's bill, that pa- actually passed um, a uh, a, com- a committee um, last year, but then was killed because it ran out of, ran out of time for the legislative season. Isn't that what happened last year to his bill? Yeah, I believe so. He's he's actually produced a, a lot of different. Uh, cannabis policy related legislation it's very he's always been very pro cannabis and he's he gets some things done for us he's he's definitely an asset this one uh was uh written by uh mr amiano he's a democrat um it would give district attorneys a choice between charging an illegal grower with a felony or a misdemeanor a choice they don't have now because of uh, the mandatory minimum things uh district attorney david eister of Mendocino County um, backs the bill. As many of uh, you already know, Mendocino County is one of the top marijuana producing areas in the country. It seems uh, unnecessary and wasteful, so says the story um, from 420 Times. Um, In this age of budget deficits and shrinking resources to make every person caught growing a pot plant go to jail. Thankfully, there are politicians like Tom Amiano uh, who see this and are willing to do something about it, standing up. So that's a positive thing. Keep an eye on what's so, happening. With that so, so what you're saying is currently. So this is for people that are that are not even attempting to uh, be legal under 215, meaning they're growing pot and they do not have a recommendation at all. That's what well, this is actually, talking about. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're a California grower for medical, you know Proposition 215 obviously protects you there. Um, but if you're uh, a grower, yeah, right, yeah, good point. But uh, if you're a California grower not legal under 215, you currently face a mandatory felony and jail time. And uh, what this does is just uh, fix that to where that's not the case. It's discretionary. Where if somebody deserves to have a felony, then they'll get charged with a felony. But most importantly is when they don't, they're not locked into you know, giving them that. There's a lot of judges and people that have killed themselves literally over, uh, over these mandatory minimum laws because they're seeing the detriment you know, and the destruction. And they're doing it, but they know better. But they're tied. They're binded to where they can't you know, um, enact their their wishes they can't they have no no play in the matter it's mandatory minimum period it means it's mandatory so sure. you know it's a bo- it's a bogus situation that uh mr amiano is hopefully going to try to fix here i don't think there should be too much opposition to this one yeah 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 i was um see the 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 way that i'm reading it there is the uh is how you're reading it as well i'm just wondering what that means for 
Because, you know, we still got the issue of what is legal under 215 in California to deal with. Um, they tried right. to deal with it with SB 420. And what that did is it set a statewide minimum, but it gave your you know municipalities the, the ability to write their own guidelines. And then that was thrown out by the California Supreme Court saying, it, you know, like I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, that it was... It was uh, um, thrown out because they said it was an amendment to a voter um, approved constitutional amendment and you couldn't do that. So, but it seems like what's happening is, is now SB 420 is not on the books, but still everyone kind of goes by the state minimum that was written in that law and right. still kind municipalities are making their own rules regarding it whenever they want to. So even though it doesn't exist, the state still kind of follow like people are still kind of following SB four twenty as the guidelines, right. but it's like they then, have nothing else to follow really, right? <laughs> right. So what I'm saying is, is what really is legal and illegal when it comes to growing weed. And so if you're if you're trying to grow medically and you think you're growing medically, and then they come and they arrest you and they say, no, you're way bigger than medical. So then it'll be up to the district attorney at that point too to determine whether they file a a. a, a um, felony or a misdemeanor charge against you as well. So it's not, so I was trying to, because in a way it seems like they're trying to talk specifically only about people that are growing that do not have 215s, but this will affect people that are growing with 215 cards as well. Is, uh, I guess what I'm sure. throwing out. Sure. This it, next, just, it just ultimately gives them some, uh, you know, discretion, <gasps> some power of discretion. But this one, yeah. yeah, like you were just leading into this next one. That's one that really makes me nervous. This one is insane. Um, Matt, we, t- we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, you and I did, um, just about what's going on with IRS. Because as, as you guys know, and as if you're listening out there, if you don't know, um, a lot of people in the marijuana business, uh, uh, industry are starting to pay their taxes. Um, and they're doing it quite diligently, and they are following regular tax code laws for businesses, uh, meaning right. they pay someone, they get to write off a certain amount for paying them. If they buy something that's a business expense, they get to write off a certain amount that's a business expense. There's a big controversy, though, as to how the IRS is going to view this, um, these activities, because there's a distinction between legal business and um, eliciting uh, or uh, a legitimate enterprise and illicit drug trafficking. Tax codes written under the Reagan administration made it to where if you're right, if you're writing off any expenses for illicit drug trafficking, you can be. I don't know if you can be thrown in jail for it, or if you can, or if you owe crazy amounts of money. And it looks like the IRS has been auditing. Um, Oakland is the biggest dispensary in the world, uh, Harborside in Oakland, who does like $22 million in sales a year and is a, a really big, really big place. Um, we were just uh, actually just checking it out again uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, it's a big place. And um, they obviously run this business like a legitimate enterprise and write off a lot of expenses that they have. And this, it looks like, looks like this is they're going to go after the federal government's going to go after them by trying to to nab them and put them in the illegal drug trafficking or illicit drug trafficking um, place and basically not allow them to write off a lot of the expenses they wrote off, so they'll owe a bunch of money. Is that the reading that you're getting understanding from this story right here? 
Yep, it is. It is in part. I mean, there's that, and there's also just the. I mean, I've never been audited, thank goodness, but uh, they wouldn't. I mean, I have zeros everywhere, so that's not a lot of time they'd spend on me. Um, but uh, I understand that it's just absolutely horrendous process to go through, and you know that's that's a way of of messing with them. That's the way the federal government can uh, attack and otherwise tie these guys up. I mean, it's it's fully involved process, man. There's a lot involved with uh, an IRS audit from what just from what I know of it, and you know that's that's disruptive to Harborside Health Center. Oh, it's and very think, disruptive. At the minimum, yeah. it's a disruption and it's a pain for them to have to deal with and start setting funds aside for in case they get. I mean, because this right. is a lot of money. Um, Harborside's pointing back a to lot. a case in 2007 where it looks like the IRS tried to do this and they were trying to win a judgment for $426,000 against the San Francisco um, dispensary, which is called Californians Helping to Alleviate Medical Pro- Problems, Inc. Um, they tried to win $426,000 there in back taxes for things that, for legitimate business um, expenses that this business wrote off to try and say they were not allowed to write them off. And it looks like they were not, that they did not win that case. Um, so, uh, he was, he the, looks like the judge who's, so this is all tax court stuff. So this is just money mm-hmm. stuff. So basically what they'd be looking for, what they're looking for here probably is to try and nail them and say, you can't write these things off because it's an illicit drug operation. It's not a legal enterprise. So this is one, this is where the big difference between federal law and state law comes in. And they're not, I don't think the feds are saying we won't take your tax money, but they're saying you can't write off things like everyone else. Ha 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 ha. How do you like that? Does that make sense to you? That's what it seems like to me is what. Yep. That's what it seems like to me. We'll definitely keep an eye on this. I hope this isn't an ongoing trend, but uh, yeah, they're definitely uh, going to. They're intent on giving the Harborside uh, Center uh, Health Center uh, uh, a headache at, at the least. You, well, you know, I hear that as soon as dispensaries open up in uh, D.C., that Harborside will be uh, one of the first ones to open up right there across from them too. So, um, <laughs> it's an interesting. Uh, interesting battle between the feds and Harborside and it's probably going to heat up more. We will, we will, um, we will keep, keep it covered in the, in the future. Um, sure. that's, that's your California update for today. Um, got some Pacific pot in the Pacific Northwest stories. It looks like, um, I think we talked about the potential. Of this is Seattle, Seattle's first cannabis farmer's market a while back. What's mm-hmm. the deal with this? Jamie? Doesn't that sound awesome? Well, they had it. Yeah. And, uh, I think we have a clip that's going to tell us about how it went. We're outside Seattle's newest farmer's market, and it's a little bit different because they only sell one crop, medical marijuana. It's happening here past this door, and we're going to take you inside to take a look around. 30 minutes before the market opens and people are lining up. To get in, all that's required is a recommendation from a healthcare provider that they take marijuana for a medical condition. Um, I'm actually standing upright on my feet today because of cannabis. Um, there's nothing else that I've found in the medical field that would help me with my chronic pain issues. Marijuana is for sale, a lot of it. Even though this is the first Sunday market for marijuana in Seattle, it's already filled to capacity. Organizers said they did very little publicity, but here you have people from all over the state, hundreds of people packing this room to buy marijuana in just about every conceivable form. 
Bender Ken Bell grows marijuana and takes it, he says, for back pain and a blood disorder. Well, a lot of people think that it's just a bunch of guys sitting around getting stoned, where it's actually patients. Like I said, most of my patients are in their 60s. Um, uh, they're using it for medication, not the actual effect itself, the, the euphoric effect, but the pain-killing effect and the uh, ability to, to eat again. A lot of them have real problems with uh, gastrointestinal problems, and they just can't eat. The growers here operate in a murky legal world. Unlike Colorado and California, selling marijuana for legitimate medical reasons is not legal in Washington. But under state law here, you can use what is called the medical marijuana defense if prosecuted for marijuana possession. Market organizers are pushing for full legalization, citing the tax revenue it would bring. They've plugged budget gaps in Colorado with money from medical marijuana. You think you can do that here? Oh yeah. We want to do that here. We want to pay our taxes. We want to be taxed. We want to be regulated and taxed and be like, frankly, any other industry or business. Organizers say they plan on holding more marijuana farmers markets in Seattle, but next time in a place that can fit more people. Patrick Ottman, CNN, Seattle. Hmm. Awesome, man. Hope we get one of those around my house. I want one. Yeah, right? That's uh It just sounds right, doesn't it? Cannabis Farmers Market. Wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome. It looked pretty it's, cool from the video, I'll tell you that. That would be really fun. That would be a really good yeah, really good experience. We'll have to have to have to cover one of those some days. Hopefully they'll have one in California eventually. It sounds like a sounds like a, a good event. Yep. And come on, it's really hard for people to connect in this industry too. Um so that makes it that makes it a little easier. Um, looks like the Seattle Times uh, endorses uh, HB 1550, which would uh, allow the sale of cannabis, um, and it looks like it would be uh, at cannabis liquor stores. we got a clip on this, too. Yeah, we're not going to play the clip. We, we not going to play the t- we clip. We talked oh. about it before, but yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that the whole uh, Seattle Times has endorsed it. It doesn't seem like it's likely to pass, but it's interesting that that, that Times is is. Oh, that's forward. right. This story, it's stuck in a committee. Probably won't get out. If it, even if it does get out of the committee, it's likely not to pass in in uh, Washington. But the movement is gaining some momentum from all this discussion and, and stuff. So correct. There you go. You can check out the you can check out the clip uh, on our website if if you'd like. Um, and what we do have a clip for, it looks like there's a bill that's uh, targeting Oregon's medical marijuana law. Um, Got it. So let's check this one out. Lawmakers have their way. Marijuana supporters say the current law is working fine. KVAL's Tom Adams went to Salem to find out more at today's rally. We voted on what we were going to allow. At the state capitol, medical marijuana growers and patients rallied against any changes to Oregon's medical marijuana law. The marijuana genie has been out of the bottle in Oregon for decades now. People convicted of a drug felony would be denied a state medical marijuana card in a bill heard in a House committee hearing. Detractors say it would lead to background checks on all existing marijuana cardholders in the state. It's a very expensive bill. It's an unfunded mandate in a time of restricted budgets. Uh, It would take enormous manpower. About 50 people have turned out to state their piece on a flood of bills designed to restrict the state's medical marijuana program. Restrictions many lawmakers say are needed to rein in a program that they feel has gotten out of control. It appears, based on the number of cards that we have and on the diagnosis that's being 
presented in order to get the card that there could be some abuse there. Are there a lot of recipients getting cards who should not be getting cards? Actually, only about 10% of the patients who qualify for this program actually have cards. Other proposals would cut the amount of marijuana a cardholder could have at any one time and restrict the conditions for which medical pot could be prescribed, 15 bills in all. Those things are just common sense issues that Oregonians want to have a very good understanding of and whether or not it works or not. But law supporters say it amounts to overkill. It makes more sense to work with the community to craft reasonable regulation than to force people into the black market. And Ensuring the smoke won't clear on this debate anytime soon. In Salem, Tom Adams, KVAL News. So, uh, what I said here, here they're, they're pinning it like it's just some big, you know, issue that, that a certain constituency really wants to deal with in Oregon. And I'm calling bullshit on that again. This is a totally politician driven thing here. Um, but uh, um, the lady said only 10% of those that could qualify for medical marijuana in Oregon do use medical marijuana and use the program. You know, she didn't, you know, she didn't answer the question though. That was not the, she didn't answer the well, question that he asked. Did you notice that? He, he yeah. Notice well, that. well, she actually, she kind of did. And she probably, that was all she, she probably had a lengthy answer and they just played that part of it. But, um, she's, she's starting to, by, but I think why what she's saying is, is they're saying, is it being abused? In Oregon, and she's saying, no, it's not being abused. Only 10% of those that could qualify for medical marijuana are using medical marijuana. You see what I'm saying? Yes. That's what, that's what I think her answer was, and she probably went on with it for a bit, but all they played there, and it almost made it to where it didn't make sense, but I think I caught it there, and that's what she's saying, and, and that's something that we don't look at in a lot of medical marijuana states. We don't look at, well, well actually, you say that it's being abused, but because of data we have with this many ailments in this state and this many people with these many things, every one of these people could qualify for medical marijuana. And how many of them actually do? A very small percentage, like she said. That, and I imagine it's like that in most states. And um, here's the thing about what's going on in Oregon. Oregon does not have a retail system. So they talk about, I mean, you know, like they're talking about Oregon like, there are no black. I mean, basically, all of the sales that are going on in Oregon are still black market sales. To a degree, uh, yeah. You know, so um, yeah, and I, you know what's funny That's, too is I th think people up in Oregon like it that way. Yeah, well, they voted it down. It was I was on twice. the uh, yeah, on their ballot, yeah, in November, and they said nope, sorry. Don't Killed it that. too. I mean, like a large majority against it. It wasn't even really close. surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's the second time they've done that. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see what's going on up in Oregon, and uh, we will uh, we'll continue to follow that story. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on up there. That's HB twenty nine eighty two. It's one of fifteen bills right now that's in there. So, I mean, Jeez. there's a lot of a lot of states having this explosion of of new bills and you know legislation. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to see that because we've had so much trouble like writing any bills in California regarding medical marijuana, and um, you know, other states are, are really trying to move forward with uh, with uh, writing new legislation for it. And uh, you know, I'm gonna uh, we were I was about to move on, but I, I'm still at this thing where it's like now states are starting to come back, and the politicians are going oh. It's just way too easy for people to get medical marijuana. It's being abused. 
it's being abused. And and I don't know, man. I'm I'm still in the camp where it shouldn't be that difficult to to get medical marijuana. And um, yeah, me too. You know, and when um, and when uh, and when I hear statistics like what that lady just said. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy, you know. I mean, like, really, for for all that could qualify, only ten percent are using it. That's uh, that's that's pretty small, really. So, um, it is. Yeah. So, that's 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 a new new sort of statistic to look at, I think, and uh, kind of a kind of an important dagger in the whole conversation, really, when you think about it. If you choose to think about it, you're not just completely mm-hmm. biased against medical marijuana, but um, yeah. We'll uh, we'll keep up with Oregon. It sounds like a lot of potential action going on there. Um, we'll uh, move on down to the southwest now. Looks like uh, some New Mexico lawmakers uh, want to repeal medical marijuana. What's going on there, Jamie? Yeah, it's kind of how it happens. You know, that's uh, it. Really is the states really are a test bed for the nation. I mean, they uh, you can see it happening with the stuff going on in Wisconsin. They're trying to do all the union busting stuff, and they said, "Beware! This is a national effort. This is where they're kicking it off at." And sure enough, Indiana and Ohio are both looking at measures similar to that, um, trying to take those kind of cha- make those kind of changes come about. Um, it works the same way um, with uh, medical cannabis legislation too. You know, now we have uh, Montana. That's uh, a full steam ahead for some of those uh, legislators up there trying to repeal this thing and get the momentum going on. We reported recently about uh, the New Mexico governor, um, Governor Susana Martinez, who said uh, during her campaign uh, last year that it it really – the medical marijuana law puts employees in the position of violating federal law and that she would really, she would really like to have it repealed, but it's not going to be, it's, it's certainly far from her front burner. She's got so many more pressing issues to deal with that. That's probably never going to happen. Well now, uh, perhaps encouraged by uh, the Montana developments, a freshman New New Mexico lawmaker. Um, He's a, he's a high school teacher in civilian life, by the way. I don't know if that makes a difference in his opinion, but uh, he said that the law sends a bad message to kids. There you go again with that, uh, that somehow marijuana is good for you. Of course, you know, it is. I don't know if, where that comes into play in this consideration, but uh, Republican Representative Jim Smith of Sandia Park, he teaches at East Mountain Charter High School east of Albuquerque, and he says uh, he's introduced some legislation to get this thing repealed. He said he's encouraged, uh, before you laugh it off as ridiculous as it may well be, um, he is uh, very encouraged by 27 co-sponsors that he al- already has. So we'll see what's going on with this, but... Uh, he says, the people I got to sign the bill were very passionate about wanting to get rid of medical marijuana. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on what happens with that. I don't know. It's, uh, it's always going to keep rolling some way or another, you know? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it's rolling down in, uh, rolling down in the mid- over in the Midwest, too. Um, what's this? This is an ethics, ethics panel? What's going on here? Yeah, this is a very brief mention of this douchebag, number one. You know, the guy that went over to California uh, from Iowa to, to lie oh. about medical cannabis. And we thought, you know, somebody filed a, an ethics violation against him, um, rightfully so. And uh, we're like, you know, kind of half-heartedly saying, you know, it's never going to happen. They're never going to touch that guy. Well, sure enough, he was found. Uh, they dismissed the complaint um, last Wednesday. Or uh, a while back, actually, it was a little bit fat, farther back than that. But uh, 
you know, so I guess they're just sending the message that it's okay for an elected official to break the law. But, uh, yep, sure enough, he got off of that. I didn't think they'd do that. I think um, I, I think I was taking the position that they would they would take it seriously because he broke the law. But uh, I, I thought since so. it had the press that you know thinking. he's going to get off because of who he is, that they might 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 make a, a you know an example of that and say no 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 the law is a law. We want to re reinstill trust in the process in the in the laws and that didn't happen. So there we go with that one. Um, additionally, uh, in Minnesota, this is an interesting one. This is a bipartisan uh, effort by the Minnesotians. Is that a, is that a word? Minnesotians? It is today. Um, Minnesotians? Yeah, Minnesotians. Is that really? Min- oh Minnesotans? Yeah. Minnesotans? Yeah. <laughs> well, those good folks that live up in Maris- Mar- uh, Minnesota. <laughs> Let us anyways, know. <laughs> there's a bipartisan bill introduced in their Minnesota House of Represent- Representatives uh, on, on uh, September. How, how can you say this like without stumbling? February 15th. It doesn't even sound like September. Um, to allow the farmers in the state to raise cannabis uh, for export to states where it is legal for medicinal use. Um, last year, Governor Tim Pawlenty vetoed an effort to legalize medical marijuana, but this bill is not seeking to legalize medical marijuana. This bill is meant to legalize growing marijuana for That's sale crazy. in other states. Yeah, <laughs> this is a new one. It's called the Medical Marijuana Production and Export Act, and it's sponsored by Democrat representatives Phyllis Kahn, Tom Rukavina, Tom Huntley, Frank Horstein, and Al Junka. Junka. And, uh, what Republican an interesting spin well. on it. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, so this is a, a, a quick quote from the purpose section of the bill. It says, the legislature finds that the production and export of medical marijuana can contribute to the state's economy and agricultural vitality and can be regulated so as not to interfere with the strict regulation of controlled substances in their state. The purpose of the Medical Marijuana Production and Export Act is to strengthen the state economy with its agricultural sectors by authorizing the development of a regulated medical marijuana production and export industry while maintaining strict control of mar- of marijuana so they're still going to get clipped by the feds for that for openly exporting oh, marijuana yeah. i mean they they they're like always the they're always saying well, they're treating us like drug dealers because we're involved in this well pff, that's the that's the main part that they would you know get accused of that so it's an interesting thing they said you know we don't believe in this stuff we don't want to have it legal in our state but hey We'll sell the shit out of money. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how they do. Whoa, dude. That is really, really um, hypocritical and uh, yeah. and ass backwards is F. I'm kind yeah. of. Yeah. I, and, I can't uh, believe that. Good fire, yeah, Jamie. Perhaps a little <laughs> bit ill informed, but not nearly as ill informed as the Illinois legislature just recently. This Illinois House Committee has passed a measure that would allow farmers to grow industrial hemp <laughs> for commercial purposes, like, you know, obviously making rope clothing, other accessories, fuel perhaps. Senator Representative, uh, or State Representative, rather, Ken Duncan, he's a Democrat out of Chicago, he acknowledged. He's not the leading authority on agricultural issues, but he said he realizes agriculture in Illinois is Illinois' biggest business. So Duncan, he's a pretty nice guy, I know him, um, but he sponsored this House Bill 1383 um, that would require farmers wishing to grow, produce, or sell industrial hemp or related projects to be licensed on a yearly basis through the Department of Agriculture. But uh, 
that then the House uh, Agriculture and Con- Conservation Committee uh, endorsed the proposal by an 11 to 2 vote, sending the measure to the wow. full House. So it's going somewhere, and it looks pretty positive. Um, but even even you know, I do know Ken Duck. He's a good guy. Like I said, so you know, from from what I've my dealings with him, this is certainly sound legislation. But he even admitted. He's not really the leading authority on this. He doesn't really know that much about what's going on. They kind of stumbled into the right choice here so far and uh, not really understanding that it is the right choice, I don't think, in a lot of cases. But it's nothing in compared to this state representative, Noreen Hammond, Republican from Macomb, is one of the two representatives to vote no on the measure. Um, her Western Illinois district's mostly farmland. Um, most of which she said is already spoken for. She says, particularly our Asian <laughs> markets are clamoring for our soybeans. We can't possibly grow enough soybeans to export on the market. She also said she's worried, and get this, um, this accentuates the the complete ignorance and mis, misinformed uh, state that, that some of these legislators are in when they deal with this type of legislation. Hammond said that she's worried some of the hemp would be stolen and misused as a hallucinogenic drug. <laughs> so there, there you have it. She obviously has no clue what she's talking about. If you're in Illinois, you've been listening to the show and our coverage of 1381, the medical uh, cannabis act that just got voted down last year at the end of last year, you'll, you would, you would, be cued into this point that a lot of the opposition and people that are speaking out against cannabis legislation have absolutely no clue what even they're talking about. So we'll keep an eye on that, but that's a positive thing. You know, there's a lot more important uses for uh, cannabis, you know, than just smoking it or, you know, recreational or medicinal uses. There's also industrial uh, hemp as well. Keep an eye on that one. But uh, for some bright news, are you ready for some positive stuff? Sure. Good, good. We got some from the National Spotlight today. A new poll by the Pew Research Center uh, reports that more people support marijuana legalization than ever before. Supporters are uh, not quite yet the, the majority, but the numbers have been trending our way slowly but surely every year, Morgan Fox says from MPP. This is from their blog. It's uh, pretty good uh, Pretty good info in there. But uh, it says from the report, and I th- this report, this Pew Research Center report, has a ton of important issues around the the um, country, but not necessarily relevant to cannabis um, law or cannabis policy. It's this is just one section of it. So I took a screenshot that uh, that has in its entirety this this part dedicated to cannabis um, opinions about cannabis public support for for cannabis legalization, and so you can check that out on our site. I'll have it up there as well. But it looks pretty good. It looks. Uh, there's a lot of interesting statistics to talk about in there. You know, I won't get into too much detail, but um, it's it's inching up. Obviously, the the you know who's the the least supportive of medical or old, of any kind of you bet yeah that's old right people old people and Republicans doesn't matter yep. if they're conservative or moderate Republicans they're yep. just against it. So old Republicans are probably the most staunchly against any oh, kind yeah. of oh, legitimate yeah. sensible legislation and uh, definitely. And but it's then, a pretty good uh, thing. Uh-huh. And looks like uh, the younger generation, under 30, as far as age, supports marijuana by the biggest margin, which is a pretty good margin. Um, and what else they got here? Um, Democrats, uh, it actually, d- the more liberal you are, the more you support legalized marijuana, it appears. Um, mm-hmm. But Democrats in general support it uh, with 53% favor. Yeah, th- these, are, these are very interesting. Pew does... 
I used to work for the Gallup organization a long time ago and had a lot of interest in this sort of stuff. And um, they they both do really good work. Pew does really good work. So this is a uh, this is pretty favorable, um, except for obviously with uh, with um, super conservative people and older people. So um, right, and we're know. working. I mean, the worst case scenario: it's sixty nine uh, percent say illegal and uh, twenty seven say. Um, legal so that's conservative republicans oh yeah and that is one of the most just pot prohibition you know period sort of demographics Um, right those folks thought up the whole idea in the first place well we've talked about it how to make zillions of dollars off of it and sustain it you know and and a lot of those folks aren't even i mean it's it's really hard to get through to the minds of very strict prohibitionists. We've talked about it before. Uh, it's a it's a tough demographic to crack into and actually make any sort of you know. It's like why we were kind of excited about Pat Robertson kind of starting or making one statement kind of in you know supportive of uh, of marijuana um, decriminalization because uh, he would have influence with that specific. Um, demographic, which is just a t- just a tough one, man. I mean, just really, really anti, really, really anti pot, pro prohibition. I don't even think, yeah, you know, I don't even know how open they are to the discussion of it, or how much they even listen to any information that they they come across from it. So, um, but it looks like in all the other areas, all the other demographics, uh, people are kind of, you know, it's, there's some some very positive movement. So that's cool. Yeah. Looks good. I like the little graph there. It shows you pretty clearly. The trend is is certainly upward on the mm-hmm. legalized, and it's certainly going down on the on the illegal. So things are a change in. Keep it up. Keep up the good it's, work. It's kind of crazy how symmetrical that graph is, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It really is. Take a look. You can uh, you can access that image. Uh, it's a screenshot. Like I say, that's all that's going to be in the report. But if you check out the, we always have our source material up material up there as well. And there is a link to the full study if you are interested. There's also some uh, some very interested interesting things in there. Gay marriage, abortion, the typical you know slew of of highly controversial national issues. They're all in there. It deals with trust in the government and so forth. So it's worth checking out. But uh, yeah, if you just want the cannabis part, then you can check out that image as well. Um, yep. Yeah. Looks, looks new segment. Looks, we got a new segment. Yeah, this is a brand new one. And hopefully it's a dying breed. <laughs> hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, we titled this one, Quit Calling It Synthetic marijuana. We've been covering spice and case two stories for a while now as the controversy over it has increased. Uh, I think we all kind of unanimously feel like this. We don't really understand why we cover it, (laughs) but there is some sort of weird, mysterious link between it and marijuana. Uh, Perhaps it's just because, don't you think it's giving marijuana a bad name? It is. It's totally giving marijuana. And that's why, that's that's why I feel, that's why I have mixed feelings about covering it is because like, why should we even give it the time of day, you know? Right. It's kind of like we cover really, really good quality musicians and these are like lip syncers. (laughs) And why would we want to give them guys a bunch of cover? Too much Milli Vanilli. It's the Milli Vanilli. Yeah, it's the Milli Vanilli of pot wannabes. Yeah, and it's it's and and here at the show we do not support it. We don't like the idea of it. It's not marijuana. It's totally like a bunch of synthetic chemicals sprayed onto paper and shredded into flavor and flavored and shredded into packages. Um, but there's a lot of action with it right now, and we're covering it. Be- I guess I don't. 
know why we're covering it anywhere, <laughs> to be honest. But we're hoping that because it's becoming illegal, we um, won't have to. Yeah, yeah. Um, we only really want to cover one awesome illegal drug, and that's marijuana and synthetic pot, fake pot, crap, I, whatever I it guess is. The, the, whole, the whole point is that the reason there's even a problem with synthetic marijuana is because cannabis is illegal in the first place. And right. cannabis is right. way more safe for you than this synthetic marijuana stuff. It does not seem like a prudent, a very prudent choice to to get high between the two. If you you're choosing between the two, if you think you're smoking legal weed because it's legal weed, you're you're way off on it. It's not it's not weed. Um, so no, it's not fake pot. No, um, yeah, it's like <laughs> I don't even want to. <laughs> I've never smoked it, and I don't think I ever will. And um, you should, I don't know. I, I recommend re- the real stuff. Looks yeah. like, uh, in new Albany, Indiana, um, like six different retailers just got cited for, uh, the sale of synthetic marijuana. It's just became illegal there. Uh, my guess is, is probably a lot of these retailers were legally allowed to sell it for a while and have large supplies of it and are trying to get rid of this. Yeah, and I guess a lot of them are keeping it under the counter. You know, they're not advertising that they have it, but if you know that they have it, you know, you go in and you ask for it and they'll give it to you. Yeah, because they're just trying to get rid of all the tons of it they probably had, you yeah. know? And um, anyway, in the process of that, they are getting cited. I don't, you know, we got a clip. We've got a, um, a link to a clip on there on our site. Um, but we've got, being... We got several clips and we're not going to play three of them. Because no. we've already heard all of this bullshit. Before. Yeah, and then this other one is a mother speaking out about fake pot after her child crashes a car under the influence. And this is a Louisville, Kentucky, very close to New Albany, Indiana as well. Um, and we've had a bunch of stories coming out of Louisville for them trying to arrest people selling it illegally and stuff too, right after it became illegal. Um, but uh, apparently this girl was hallucinating and uh, they keep reporting in this that the f- from smoking potpourri that was sold from a gas station and blah, or a head shop and blah, blah, blah. Check out the clip. Um, go away, fake pot. And uh, uh, what's this one right here? Um, there have been six ER visits in the Cleveland area due to spice this year. Already. Wonder and I wonder I wonder why. I wonder if it's because it has similar effects as THC and mm-hmm. kids people that are smoking it are getting you know well, what we've heart- been reading about it, it has kind of a really uh heightened anxiety effect to a lot of people, like a really kind of out of control over the top kind of anxiety effect. That the a negative uh effect for sure. Like for pan- most people. Panic attack sort of thing, huh? Right, right. So they're in the and, ER with their heart jumping out of their chest going, oh my God, what's going on? You that know? happens with cannabis sometimes too, right? It does. People, it does. And, it's been happening lately, you know? They just need to yeah. educate people about things more, you know? Now they're trying to say, these kids are getting poisoned. They're, they're having medical cannabis in brownies and it's messing them up. You know, it's the whole scared thing, you know? We'll tell kids not to do that. Right. It doesn't. They expect like they're gonna. They're sneaking to try to get some cannabis. That's what they want to do. They want to get. They want to use some marijuana and get the little high thing off of it and giggle and laugh and have a good time. That's their whole objective. We all can probably agree on that. So tell them what the hell is going on. You don't have to change your message. If you say that this isn't for you, this isn't for you. But you know, at least for safety's sake, let them let them know what's going on. That's why I think that honest information is so important in these types of instances. They're taking all, they're eating all these brownies and they're like, well, that shit didn't do anything to me. <laughs> so I can eat five more. 
And then lo and behold, it catches up to them about 40, 40 minutes later and they're just way over, over there, you know, overextended and oh, yeah. end up freaking out and not being able to handle it. Like I would, oh, shit, I'm a Dude, I, I've gotten way person. too high off of edible cannabis before, you know? Um, yeah. But it, tell people. has spice been sold and has, has fake synthetic barrel spice K2 crap, whatever, has it been sold in edible form? Have you guys heard about that? Hmm. I'm not, but you know what? It is a lot like potpourri. Um, I've seen it and and smelled it and, you know, kind of handled it a little bit to check it out. And it, it, it it seemed to me kind of indiscernible from potpourri. I thought, man, that's definitely not something I'd want to, you know, incinerate (laughs) and then suck into my body. That's fucking stupid, but whatever. I mean, (laughs) maybe you'd use it to freshen the smell of your bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean you know in some places like in italy uh there's lake lugano it's gorgeous very expensive place there but they notoriously they they'd sell like they call it scent pillows or you know perfume pouches and you know because it smells so fragrant they just thought that's a good way to do that and then they're selling it as a legitimate item but really you're it's, talking it's about dream pillows dream pillows yeah dream pillows that's exactly right man that's <laughs> that's the auspices under which they sell you know cannabis a lot of the time so right right um, this is actually literally is the the potpourri and here's the Hello, company sent. here's a, here's <laughs> the one clip we are going to play today when in our quick calling it synthetic marijuana segment is uh, related to some of the manufacturers out of Boca Raton Florida uh-huh. uh, they've stopped producing I guess a brand of it that they called Mary Joy we are going to play this clip let's check it out yeah and this this goes back to what you were saying about getting rid of their existing stockpiles right uh-huh. We're joining us. Some may know it as K2. Others call it spice. Whatever you call it, starting tomorrow, any sign of synthetic marijuana will get you in trouble with the law. Right now, a local company known for making it is washing its hands of the stuff. News Channel 5's Evan Axelbank is joining us tonight from Boca Raton, where the lawyer for that company just surrendered what the company had and turned it over to police. Evan? Jim Kelly, Mary Joy, stopped making the fake marijuana late last year after the ban was announced. Tonight, they turned over whatever they had left to the police to avoid facing charges. This is JWH-018, one of the chemicals used to make this fake pot. And these three-gram packages labeled Mary Joy were sold in South Florida convenience stores, gas stations, and smoke shops for $50 each. This product is sold as an incense, and yet apparently people are smoking it. Thomas Wright is the lawyer for the company that used to make Mary Joy and says the fake grass was made by dumping chemicals into cement mixers. The DEA says the resulting product, when smoked, caused hundreds of people to have dangerous symptoms like seizures. The DEA is taking a position that if something is misused, then we have to go ahead and ban it. And we see a problem in that because the science behind the ban is entirely flawed. Wright insists there's no conclusive evidence that shows this drug reacts with people the way marijuana and alcohol do. But he says the person who owned Mary Joy, who he's not identifying, is trying to do the right thing by turning in this half a million dollar cash of phony pot. There are other people in the network that were also selling this and everybody's doing the same thing. They're all either making arrangements to have it destroyed, turned into local authorities, whatever needs to be done because obviously they don't want to face felony charges. 
Before tonight, the fake marijuana was banned in 13 states, and this ban is expected to be in place for a year until the FDA and the DEA can figure out what the next steps are. We are live in Boca Raton tonight. Evan Axelbank, WPTV, News Channel 5. He called it he called it synthetic marijuana, fake marijuana, fake pot, and phony pot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in like 2.5 seconds and uh yeah so they turned over a half million dollars worth of their stuff so what i'm saying is there's got to be retailers all over the country that have like thousands of dollars in their in their you know still worth of stuff still sitting in their possession so it's going to keep mm-hmm. it's being sold until it disappears um good riddance I guess. I mean, I don't know that it should be legal, though. I guess, really. There's the thing. Like, should it be illegal? <laughs> you know? Like, uh, probably not. Um, should be not the wisest decision, but yeah. Well, the, I, I agree with you. My, my problem is there wouldn't even be a market for it if cannabis were legal. Of course. Right. Right. Or maybe there would. Well, maybe. But <laughs> I mean, let, let the dumbasses smoke their K2 if cannabis is legal. Come on. Well, I mean, they might if they choose to. I mean, you know, some people choose tobacco over cannabis. So, I mean, and they're but they're totally different. So, but then K2 would be if pot were legal, K2 wouldn't be known as fake pot anymore. It'd just be K2 or whatever, you know, exactly. like a, because the media wants to put this huge thing on it being some fake pot. Um, and it, you know, like the, the, that it is because they need to connect it or they're trying to connect it with it constantly, which sucks. Like, it's like marijuana, marijuana itself created but this not. monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cannabis plants fault that K2 exists. There you go. <laughs> it's a prohibitionist po- fault that pro that, uh, fake pot it, exists. I th- I think that's I think that's probably more accurate. Yeah, good call. Uh, speaking of a lot of people that um, uh, probably agree with that statement, looks like you've got an activism spotlight, right? Yeah, I want to let the people know this is a big one. Save the state for the 2011 International Drug Policy Reform Conference. It's going on November 2nd through the 5th of uh, 2011. This is a biennial conference. It happened, I think it happened over in New Mexico. Yeah, it happened over in Albuquerque, New Mexico last year. Uh, it was uh, about a week later, November 12th through 14th of 09 is when it was. This is a biennial, I just said. Um, so anyway, it's back this year, um, November 2nd through the 5th, um, 2011. Um, reformconference.org is the the link we have it right up here this is uh stop the drug war.org posted this one for us it'll be on our site you can check it out um it says reform now come on out it's going to be in la uh the weston bonaventure uh so it should be a good thing uh, and i just heard that uh one of their speakers uh tom amiano the guy that's been posing the awesome legislation for california for quite a while now um he's one of the confirmed speakers so far so it should be a good thing Good thing. Sweet. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got some uh, research bin stuff here. Yeah, this one won't take very long. It's uh, ending up on a high note. I just thought, you know what? It really is high time 
that the, that y'all learned about the history of this plant. There's some good resources we want to put out here. It dawned on me, you know what? There's a hell of a lot of good research out there that's not necessarily medical research. So it's it's really kind of high time that I should have uh, included that one. If I can borrow that figure of speech again. Um, there's there's some very interesting things that people would uh, probably benefit for from, and I'm and I'm, I'm pretty certain they would probably very much enjoy reading about as well. If you're interested in the show, this would be right down your alley. There's a great uh, website called druglibrary.org it, it, or it's at uh, druglibrary.org. It's actually the Schaefer Library of Drug Policy and they have some great stuff on there and there'll be some links to uh, a couple of these uh, most more important ones for cannabis related information uh, on our site. So check that out. This one in particular is the history of non-medical use of drugs in the United States covers a lot of the steps that happened through the from like back in 1900 up uh, to present day um, and it's uh, it's pretty decent um Almost as importantly, um, it's actually from uh, Charles Whitebread. He's a professor of law at USC, um, considered to be a, a pretty much a, a, what would you call that, qualified expert in this area of history. Um, this is a speech that he gave to California Judges Association at their 1995 annual conference. And it has links to uh, the Forbidden Fruit in the Tree of Knowledge, which is an inquiry into the inquiry into the legal history of American marijuana prohibition. There's also links to the hearings of the Marijuana Tax Act. So this is actually about the, the Marijuana Tax Act when that came into play. Marijuana, a signal of misunderstanding. That is uh, about a very important um, uh, report that was commissioned, actually, um, to give you a little bit of background, it's the National Commission on Marijuana and Drug Abuse. It was created by Public Law 91-513 to study marijuana abuse in the U.S. Uh, while the Controlled Substances Act was being drafted in a House committee back in 1970, Assistant Secretary of Health Roger O. Egberg uh, had recommended that marijuana temporarily be placed in Schedule 1. Aha, uh-huh. so there's this, that's where that happened, um, which it still is, obviously. The most restrictive yeah. category. Yeah, we hope that that's not uh, going to happen, but it was placed there pending this commission's report. This was uh, a, uh, a commission, the National Commission on Marijuana and Drug Abuse, was a commission um, created by that public law and, and directed by then-President uh, Richard Nixon. He was fully intent on... Putting a, I always say, put the last nail in this coffin, you know, this argument, and get it over with, you know, end it all, and you know, he he was anticipating that they were going to come back, uh, and say, look, this is really, really uh, deleterious uh, to our youth, to the health of our physical and uh, emotional and mental and psychological health of our youth, and this is a horrible thing, and then they're going to just wash their hands of it and it'd be over with. Well, on March 22nd of 1972, the commissioner's chairman, Raymond P. Schaefer, presented this report to Congress and the public uh, entitled, Marijuana, a Signal of Misunderstanding. And in this case, you can somewhat read a book by its cover because that's exactly what they got to, a pretty extensive report. You can get this information. The whole thing is, is listed on these links to these sites, so it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, checking out rather. But it's, uh, it's called, it referred to often as the Schaefer Commission, probably, well, just because he was the, the chairman of the commission, but also it's a lot easier to say than all that other stuff. Um, but he, uh, they recommended that, well, it, to, to summarize, they basically said that most of this was, was really kind of government hype and propaganda 
and and in honesty, they didn't really see how how it was so damaging. They didn't really see any of the damage that was being reported, and they the, specifically the the commission recommended uh, quote a social control policy seeking to discourage marijuana use while concentrating primarily on the prevention of heavy and very heavy use, and. Uh, it said that the family unit and the institution of marriage are preferred means of group living and child rearing in our society. As a society, we are not neutral. We officially encourage matrimony by giving married couples favorable tax treatment, but we do not compel people to get married. Um, so it's saying, you know, that the the laws are not necessary. You can there could be a preference, a societal preference, and they could encourage towards you know people choosing that preferred preference you know from a from a, a national you know a government opinion um but there shouldn't be this this you know destructive result from your association with cannabis so that's up there it's called the uh, it's the report of the national commission on marijuana and drug abuse and uh, i would definitely uh, encourage you to check out these links check out uh, educate yourself this is some pretty credible stuff here this website has just got an endless amount of information in it but uh, the history of non-medical use of drugs in the united states includes that one part i think we played a clip from noam chomsky talking about how uh interesting and somewhat sort of somewhat entertaining it might be to uh to learn this history even if you're not interested in these issues or you know active in in, in kind of bringing about any kind of policy reform it's still pretty interesting they got their their specialist was doing all this testing on dogs you know and they had stacked the deck and they knew even with that that if they didn't get defeated because of it it would get revisited and probably successfully revisited because they'd say they based it all on dogs we can't make policy uh concerning humans based on dog research that's that's moronic so they ask him did you ever try it on a person and i won't go into too much detail here but he said the doctor said yes i have and they said who he said i tried it on myself and they said what happened and he said and this is actual testimony from a government expert he said he turned into a bat and flew around the room and uh there's a there's a lot of information uh more detailed that you can check out for yourself i would encourage you encourage you to do that because yes folks this is factual historical representation of exactly how and why um we're at the state of illegality that we're at now based on this so it's good, good to be educated and it'll certainly motivate you i i could almost promise you that once you start reading how ludicrous it was our course of getting to where we're at now um, it should be a should be a win win situation. Checking all this stuff out and getting yourself apprised to some factual information, and uh, that's that's a positive note on the research bin. I think we ended in a good way. Um, we do have a clip for the end of the show, do we not? Mm-hmm. Looks like it. Hmm. What's the war this on drugs? One? What a joke! This is sponsored by the. You ever see that documentary um, film called uh, The American Drug War? It's pretty good. Actually, mm, I don't recall it, but this is sponsored by them. This kind of works. Usually this is tricky because if it's supposed to be visual, you got to watch and it just doesn't work in this format. But I think this one will work also really good in just the audio format. You'll get out a lot out of it, but it's uh, it's it's really recommended to go to our site man. check out the link to this one and uh, give it a listen. Give it a look. See, it's a pretty funny thing. Worth worth sticking around for, I do believe. And uh, anyway, I uh, I believe I've, I've somehow managed to make it to the end of the show, man. Thanks, you guys, for help carrying me through this one. You, you, you did make it through, and we'll be back, and hopefully all of our listeners will be back. And uh, next time we're back, I hope your back is better. 
Yeah, spinal chaos. I'm uh, I'm voting it out. Yeah, you'll be good. You'll be good. Um, I don't know. We'll be back uh, middle of next week, middle to end of next week, it looks like. So, uh, everybody, uh, stay tuned. You can um, you can always follow along at our uh, website, which is uh, www.cannabisagenda.com. Um, check it out. Let us know what you think of the site. Um, uh, always, you can always email us. We'd love participation via email. So, uh, just send them in. Uh, any ideas, criticisms, um, any questions, any ideas, you know, any potential scoops from your area, maybe even if you know someone who wants to interview, whatever. Just tell us what you think of the show. Um, email us, info at cannabisagenda.com. You can also call and leave us a voicemail anytime you want, 707-654-CAN, which are the numbers 2266. Um, also, please check us out on iTunes. It's a really good way to keep up with podcasts. Um, just subscribe to it, and then the show will be automatically downloaded to your player when it's available. It's a really cool way. And if uh, you wouldn't mind, please review us on uh, iTunes as well. Um, we're also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, so if you're on either one of those, please check us out. And uh, if you're on Facebook, suggest your friends. We'd, we'd uh, greatly appreciate it. So um, until next time, you guys, we uh, really, really... Uh, stoked with the progress of the show and with all of your participation so let's keep it up peace and pot okay take care you've been listening to the cannabis agenda your weekly source for cannabis related news and informed discussion we podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization medical marijuana and market information as always you can follow online with us at cannabisagenda.com This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? No, the government's like this. The government, they don't want you to use your drugs. They want you to use their drugs. So every night on TV, you see a weird-ass drug commercial trying to get you hooked on some legal shit. And they just keep naming symptoms till they get one that you fucking got, okay? They don't even tell you what the pill does. You see a lady on a horse or a man in a tub. And they just keep naming symptoms. Are you depressed? Are you lonely? Do your teeth hurt? What the fuck? Oh, shit, they got one. I got that. I'm sick. I need that pill. Do you know the warning signs of osteoporosis? Unfortunately, there aren't any. Oh, my God. I have osteoporosis. New rule, if you believe you need to take all the pills the pharmaceutical industry says you do, then you're already on drugs. <laughs> it is. It's just a big scam. 80% of all prescription drugs are unnecessary, repetitive, or prescribed only to counteract the effects of other drugs. Oh, my God. You know, it's just... And who names these drugs? You know, it's like somebody's getting high at a Star Trek convention. <laughs> I am Zocor. Celebrex may increase the chance of heart attack or stroke, which can lead to death. When taking Abilify, call your doctor if you have high fever, stiff muscles, and confusion, as these may be signs of a life-threatening reaction. In extreme cases, this can lead to coma or death. Coma or death. 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 Did that just say possible death? <laughs> How are you going to put diarrhea and possible death in the same category? Western Mexico. Diarrhea. 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 Diarrhea.
Some people may have nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Seek immediate medical help if you experience an erection lasting longer than four hours. You know, that's why there's a drug problem, man. There's all those drug stores, right? Every three or four blocks, there's a big sign. Drugs. Open all night. Drugs. We deliver drugs. Cut rate. Drugs. It's the biggest thing on their sign. Cosmetics, surgeries. Drugs. The weight of sadness. You may feel exhausted, hopeless, and anxious. I have a job where I alphabetize insurance forms 45 hours a week, and I noticed I couldn't concentrate so well at my job, so my doctor put me on Adderall, and now I can just breeze through my work day. I don't even notice that my empty life is being pissed away underneath fluorescent tubes. I have no highs or lows. I have no good stories. I'm just, but I'm getting a lot of stuff done. I'm probably the most boring person I know, but look at me produce. I just go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You gotta enjoy your motherfucking life. That's all the fuck I'm saying. Enjoy your goddamn life. Life is fucking short. Enjoy that shit. Some of y'all just need to smoke some weed and see if it don't help the quality of your motherfucking life. Well, why the fuck is it legal? I don't know. Aspirin is perfectly legal, but if you take 13 of them motherfuckers, it'll be your last headache. Long as you've been living, you ain't never heard of a motherfucker overdose on marijuana. You might have thought that nigga was dead. He ain't dead. He gonna wake up in 30 minutes, hungry enough to eat up everything in your house. That's the side effect. Hungry, happy, sleepy. That's it. Everything in our bodies is regulated by marijuana-like compounds that our bodies produce. So whether you're talking about the immune system, the nervous system, the digestive system, reproductive system, endocrine system, all of these coordinated body functions are regulated in a homeostatic manner by cannabinoids. Until you know how ambient CR will affect you, you shouldn't drive or operate machinery. Sleepwalking and eating or driving while not fully awake with amnesia for the event have been reported. Congressman Patrick Kennedy was driving to work at 3 a.m. Why? Because he was on Ambien, which makes you crazy. And he thought he had to get up out of bed at 3 a.m. and go to work. But that's okay, because Ambien is a prescription drug. Why would the pharmaceutical companies want you to be able to grow a plant in your backyard that might cure your menstrual cramps, might solve your headache, uh, might give a terminally ill cancer patient uh, you know, some, some chance of gaining some weight and having a tiny quality of life? Uh, if you can grow that in your backyard, there's no net profit for corporations. We already know what net profit means to stock prices. A spokeswoman for the Drug Free America Foundation, I'm sure she has a tremendous sense of humor, <laughs> is pleased the doctors will no longer be writing marijuana prescriptions. You can't have people going out and selling anything and everything and declaring it a medicine. I mean, where do you draw the line on it? Where do you draw the line on it? I tend to draw the line at what my doctors think will work. <laughs> or I ask a spokeswoman for the drug-free America. Uh, I feel I'm equally qualified when it comes to my health. You have a group called the Partnership for a Drug-Free America. Well, first of all, of course, we don't have a drug-free America, never have, never will. But who are the funders? Who are the main funders, source of funding for the Partnership for a Drug-Free America, of all things, the tobacco industry and the alcohol industry? They are drugs. They are mind-altering, sometimes addicting drug, drug-free America indeed. But why do they do that? They spend huge money 
to reinforce the distinction between legal drugs on the one hand and illegal drugs on the other.